of the United Methodist Church located in Music City, Nashville, Tennessee. This podcast deals with the intricacies of planning worship each week. I'm Diana Sanchez-Bouchong, the Director of Music Ministries. During this time of transition from virtual to in-person and hybrid worship, the worship team has endeavored to provide conversations that inspire worship teams and leaders to seize this moment and realize the opportunities before the church, finding ways to help those worshiping with us to re-engage and shape the church we are becoming. Today's episode will be a roundtable discussion with several church musicians on the topic of rebuilding the choirs after the pandemic. Here with me today is an auspicious group of church musicians from around the country, and I'm going to ask them to introduce themselves with their name, their church, their title, and the choirs that they lead. I want to welcome all of you here today, and thank you so much for agreeing to be a part of this a roundtable panel discussion. So I'm going to ask you to go ahead and introduce yourselves. Uh, thank you, Diana. I am Kevin Macbeth, uh, Director of Music and Worship Arts at Manchester United Methodist Church in suburban St. Louis, uh, where I am uh, celebrating my 25th anniversary. So wow. it's uh, it's hard it's hard to believe that I've been here that long, but uh, <laughs> it's a it's a wonderful place to be in ministry. Um, I lead uh, our our chancel choir and Coventry choirs, uh, uh, two adult groups here, as well as um, uh, working now with some of the bell choirs. And instrumental music with their brass ensemble and and uh, oversee the the worship ministries and uh, in my spare time when i'm not here at the church i also direct a chorus for the st louis symphony wow thank you kevin hello i'm amy martin and i am the minister of music and discipleship at the reedland united methodist church in paducah kentucky we are um a smaller church and we have one choir that I direct. It's an adult choir. We have about 12 active singers, members of that group. Um, and I've been there for about two years now and i pleased to be a part of this. Thank you. Thank you, Amy. Welcome. Hi, my name is Kim Huang and I am the minister of, of worship at Heath United Methodist Church in Texas. Uh, and I get to lead um, adult choir now, plus some youth and flute choir and bell choir. Thanks, Kim. Hey, Diana, this is James Wells in um, Middle Tennessee, near Nashville, Tennessee. I live in Franklin. I work um, with uh, Brentwood United Methodist Church community there, and um, my title is director of Choral Ministries, um, but so I oversee all of the choral program adults down to our youngest. But I currently focus in mostly with our youth and children's choirs at this time, and I also am on the uh, adjunct staff at Belmont University with the Nashville Children's Choir. Thanks for having us here today. Thank you, James. Hi, I'm Rebecca Garrett Pace. I am the minister of worship in the arts at White Rock United Methodist Church in Dallas, Texas. Um, I have been 
here with this community about just finishing my sixth year, entering my seventh, and I get to make music with our chancel choir, um, our handbell ensemble, and our folk band, as well as all sorts of instrumentalists. Um, we have a wide range of instrumentalists. We have a man who plays harmonium. We have lots of guitar players and banjo and flute and uh, percussion. So it's it's a really fun fun time. Thanks for having us. Thank you, Rebecca. Yeah, you, it seems wherever you go, there's all these instruments show up, and it's just amazing. <laughs> yeah, I know. A lot of great things with that. I love it. And I'm, I'm just so pleased that, that you all are here because I know each of you individually and many of us have met each other through the fellowship events and in um, other places where choral people tend to gather. So this is a really special thing to be able to host you guys and have you here and share your knowledge and, and your experience with the wider church. So diving into our subject today about rebuilding, restarting programs in our churches, I want to ask you first, um, when and how did you welcome your choirs back to rehearsals and singing? And, you know, did you take steps to transition them back in? Is everyone back? Do, are you getting new folks? Um, just kind of tell us how you're restarting and and um, give us that information so that as people are thinking about that, they might learn something from you. So I'm not going to call you in order. Just jump in. And if we step over each other, it's OK. We're in community here. Well, I'll, I'll go ahead and and, uh, and start um, here at Manchester. Uh, as you can imagine, um, everybody was getting pretty restless as, as we were coming into the into the spring and starting to see. Uh, see things um, uh, develop in a positive way. Watching, we've been watching as everybody, uh, not only the uh, the infectious numbers, but also you know watching the the vaccine numbers. That's really kind of what we base all of ours on. And uh, so when things looked pretty open uh, for us to get started, we decided to. I decided that I would host uh, just three. We call them rally nights um, in May, uh, just to get uh, get singers back and uh, to to come back. Many of them. Uh, you know, we're lamenting about the fact that they're, they're, they weren't even sure if they knew how to sing again. So, so <laughs> I said, I, I think you'll, I think it's, it's, you know, I think it'll come back pretty easily. So we scheduled uh, three rally nights uh, in uh, in the month of May and invited uh, all of our all of our singers from our chancel choir to uh, to participate. And um, and the excitement was was pretty high. It was it was exciting to kind of see uh, that energy back, and they were ready. I figured it would be just a, a wonderful boost. We would have the those three nights and then take off, you know, time in the summer and then be ready to, uh, to, to, um, to come back in the fall. And uh, they ended up being really wonderful experiences. In fact, the first one that we had was on May 13th and we were going to gather, we planned to gather in our fellowship hall, everybody distance. We even had pool noodles out that were six feet so that people <laughs> knew exactly, you know, what the distance was. So we made it fun. We said we planned to sing in masks that night. And if anybody remembers on that very day is when the CDC uh, lifted the, the mask mandate. So I think most of them came in, as I said, doing high kicks that evening. They were pretty, they were pretty excited about that. But we, we remained um, masked for those first two sessions. And then the third session that we had at the end of May, uh, we, we told people, you know, that, uh, that it was optional, masks were optional, and most people sang without them. And, uh, and they were just, uh, they were just a, a wonderful experience. In the midst of that, 
we also decided to do a confidential kind of check-in uh, with our, our administrator at the church and let people, uh, let our administrator know how many people had been vaccinated. It was completely confidential. Uh, actually, I have not even seen those numbers. It's just our administrator who has those. We wanted to know a percentage of those uh-huh. people. Um, who had been vaccinated and uh, was we were happy to find out that 95% of our singers had been vaccinated. So that just made things uh, nice and open for us. And, and it worked out great. Uh, each night we averaged about 108 singers and, oh. and just had a, just had a wonderful evening. So it was a, it was a great time. Great, Kevin. Thank you. Oh, those are some good ideas and suggestions. Who else wants to chime in? I'll jump in. Um, this is Rebecca. I uh, I like to say, I tell people, we didn't really have to bring people back because my people never really left. I We transitioned to Zoom rehearsals for all of our uh, rehearsals, and that was a, that was a big transition, um, but they just, they wanted to keep coming. I kept offering them. I was like, okay, you know, back last summer, I said, do y'all want to take the summer off? And they were like, nope, we're ready to keep going. So we kept going through the fall. And then I said, okay, do y'all want to take some time after Christmas? And they said, nope, we want to keep going. And so we've, we have been on Zoom rehearsing every week. We've been doing uh, virtual choirs, which for our group, uh, it's pretty varied in age and technological ability. So I'm really proud of them for uh, being brave. And then uh, like Kevin said, you know, we were watching closely and we actually, our community in East Dallas had a pretty high number of cases. So we were all kind of cautious to come back. Um, But when we came back, we started rehearsing in our main sanctuary. Um, For our chancel choir, we have about 18 active singers and our our sanctuary is very large. So we just spread out throughout the pews, um, being probably more cautious than we needed to be, but I just wanted to, you know, make sure everybody was really safe. And so we started coming back, uh, rehearsing in person in May and they just, I almost started crying the first time I just heard them all sing together. Um, So we've been transitioning back in the sanctuary with the windows open until it got too hot. And by then we were able to sort of get a feel for how many had been vaccinated. Um, so we just transitioned basically from zoom straight back in person. Um, and, uh, it's just been going really great. And, uh, have you moved back to your choir room or you're still in the sanctuary? We have not moved back to our choir room yet. Um, our choir room is not the most spacious room. And so I think even though we do have a majority of folks vaccinated, I think everybody just feels more comfortable for now. I did end up finally convincing them more for my sake than theirs to take a few weeks off in the summer. Um, so we'll be back in August and uh, we'll kind of see, you know, Dallas being a, an international airport hub, we always kind of get the variants faster than a lot of rural places do. So we're just kind of watching those carefully. But yeah. Thanks, Rebecca. I'll speak to um, I'll speak to specifically about uh, what our youth choir has done. Great. Um, just to just to vary things a bit. Um, after after spring break, even before the the CDC, um, um, you know, made the announcement that was so helpful to many of us uh, about the vaccinations and the the ability to gather more. Um, uh, more people together, and then of course the 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 mandate as far as the masks was much was helpful to all of us. But even prior to that, we had begun um, throughout the the pandemic. Our youth had only been allowed to obviously sing masks, obviously distanced, but even in limited 
numbers for a larger uh, church with some larger spaces. That was a challenge for us. Um, our students overall were not hugely receptive to um, to Zoom air quote rehearsals, if you will, because so many things were um, so many things they were required to do involve screen time. We had a difficult time um, finding in a large amount of interest in Zoom rehearsals. We would have some monthly mm -hmm. kinds of gatherings to just keep them together in community. But um, moving into the spring, we began to meet with large, started out with just, you know, quartets or numbers of 10. Mm -hmm. That number inched up going into the spring, uh, still masked. Um, outdoors, we could do larger groups. We did have some good success in a local park near the near our church campus where we gathered under a nice um, uh, awning space that was kind of acoustically nice as well. Uh, and mm -hmm. we were able to sing in larger numbers, um, some masked, some unmasked at a distance, but in the open air uh, as the spring came along. And um, as soon as the, the vaccinations became available for teenagers, um, many and most of our, our students quickly took advantage of that. So. Um, we have seen a good number of our students returning. We've we've done a musical theater week already this summer with predominant performances uh, being outdoors. We have uh, what we're calling a local hometown tour for our students, middle school and high school, and even college students. Several of who, many of who missed their their uh, summer tour opportunities in 2020 are coming back and getting a a redo. So that's kind of a nice, refreshing thing to see. Our, yeah. our graduated students coming in and still supporting the current students. So, um, so we're, we're, we've just been in one continuous transition back, if you will. Um, but I will be honest and we can talk about this more later, but, um, you know, there were several students who weren't confident enough to sing in smaller groups mm -hmm. that just have not made their way back yet at all. Um, mm -hmm. and I don't know what else to credit it to other than just out of habit. You know, they're out of habit. They're finding mm -hmm. other things to do. And so we have a little work to do, and and uh, we'll continue to create a welcoming community that that uh, you know wants them back as soon as as soon as uh, as they will join us again. I know that uh, this is the last thing I'll say on this: the the timing of the summer being right on the edge of this sudden availability uh, isn't the best way to try to come back from a uh, that much time away. But it has been an issue with busy busy families and busy students. So, yeah, I think that's a good point that um, because it all, all of a sudden did open up that everyone's like, okay, now we can travel. Now we can do all these things. And, and everyone's jumping on the bandwagon. They were saying on the news, you know, today that this is going to be the busiest travel weekend um, because people are just ready to get out. And so that, that does impact, of course, the weekly rehearsals and uh, the things that we have going on at the church, the offerings, uh, James, I something I saw that you did, and because uh, I I attend online a lot uh, at Brentwood, there Brentwood's about ten minutes from where I live, um, and so um, was and I thought this was so creative was having some in person youth singing in the in the chancel area, the choir loft, and then mixing that with a virtual choir. That was really amazing. Yeah, that's that's less about rebuilding. And more about sort of how we got through it, but but that I appreciate you saying that that was one of our technical 
uh, risk-taking things that we did that was a, a, a bit of a hybrid on a virtual choir where we, we had students submit recordings, had a smaller number singing live, and do, since we do have a uh, uh, an entire production team, we're, we're fortunate in a larger congregation to have that. We were able to make some of those things happen uh, once or twice a month even throughout the fall mm-hmm. and winter. Yeah. Thank you, James, for sharing. Uh, Kim or Amy, do you have anything you want to share here? And we can go on to the next question. Uh, This is Kim. Uh, I'm kind of in the same boat as most people here. We started back in May when the CDC said, yeah, masks are optional or the vaccination. So as more people got vaccinated, more people came in for choir. There was other reasons why we don't have as many choir members back. But that's not for here. So um, for people who are vaccinated, they didn't have to wear a mask. For people who were not vaccinated, they still wore masks. And um, I think that worked out a little bit better. We started out with social distancing group, which was really hard because we didn't do Zoom rehearsals throughout the whole pandemic. Um, but being so far from each other, it was hard to hear each other for some reason, mm-hmm. especially the way our sanctuary was built. Um, but with that, I gained a couple of youths. We never had youths before, so that was really exciting. They really wanted to come because they were on screen the whole time. They just needed a different scenery. So I gained a couple of youths, and hopefully more youth will come and volunteer because they, they're sick and tired of their homes. <laughs> Thank you, Kim. This is Amy, and uh, we actually started bringing our choir back together earlier in mm. The spring. Well, I was actually trying to remember. I think we did some small group things in the fall, even, and prepared some Christmas music um, that we were able to sing for services. Um, We did have a period in the fall that people were worshiping in the sanctuary with us as well. So after Christmas, we took a break, and I believe we. Uh, put a stop to our in-person worship services for a period of time again. So we were a little bit back and forth uh, since uh, last fall. But then at the beginning of Lent or thereabouts, uh, we regathered the choir really just according to whoever was comfortable coming. I just really put it out there as an invitation. If whoever feels comfortable Uh, coming for this. And it wasn't everyone. There were certain people that we did not see until they had been vaccinated and everyone else had been vaccinated as well. But um, later in the spring, when the vaccine was um, so readily available in this area and um, we followed our governor's recommendations for the most part, Um, and once everyone was comfortable with, um, not wearing masks, um, then I'd really kind of let them take the lead. I didn't really say that it had to be one way or another. It's just part of our, our life decisions for wherever we were going. And so it was, it was pretty much the same at church as any other place they would have been going. And um, when we started 
bringing the choir back. We also did move out into the fellowship hall of our church because it's a bigger space and we were able to spread out a little bit more. And um, of course that had its challenges as others have said of being so far apart from one another and having the masks on. Um, But now we're almost all um, back together and of course going to be on vacation for a while. So I'm looking forward to getting everyone together again um, in August. Nice. Nice. Thank you, Amy. That's great. Yeah. And and you do bring a small town perspective to this because others are in big urban areas. And so that what the CDC, you know, suggested for that was can be different. And uh, yeah. uh, So thank you for sharing that. Appreciate that. So let's move on to rebuilding the choirs Um, because we've talked now about restarting and just welcoming people back and um, but what are we, what are you planning to do to rebuild the program? And this can be for adult children, youth. I mean, are you building in more social time or rehearsals for smaller groups, tours? I heard touring already from one vocal training. We've talked, you know, what Kevin was saying, people were like, I, I'm not sure I can sing after being, you know, uh, not in a group for so long. Um, and maybe even what does your repertoire look like? Because I'm hearing a lot of people going, for, you know, from the more difficult things to m- less difficult to 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 start building in success, that sort of thing. Um, so, again, just jump in as as you feel led and tell us how what you're going to be doing to rebuild the programs. This is Kim. Uh so we had a small party in June to encourage people to see each other and see who's left. And uh, and that's how it goes for now. We're taking a break in July. A lot of our repertoire has been two parts to SABs. And as I was looking for Christmas music, I'm a little discouraged at the number of the people we have. So I have different ideas about what Christmas is going to be, but that's going to be a logistical nightmare. That's going to be later on. So um, yeah, for now, it's just one relationship at a time one phone call call at a time Mm. and encouraging each other in our choir members to um, call each other and um, build that relationship up one more time. Yeah, Kim, I'm, I'm with you on that. I think um, I've been dealing with what I'll just call grief over the last year and a half, because right before everything shut down, we were in such a great place. I had been, you know, rebuilding from our church, White Rock went through a huge transition about eight years ago where they thought they were going to close. They decided not to close and it had been building up and building up. And January, February of 2020, our choir was in a fantastic place. We were going to do a joint Christmas uh, concert of the Rudder Gloria. First time they had done any kind of major work like that, um, that had been able to do it. And then it kind of came came to a halt. And I, a lot of my singers have come to me and said, I'm having vocal problems. I, I think I'm too old to sing. And I was like, hold it right there. You are not too old to sing. It's, it's atrophy, right? It's totally normal. It's totally expected and it is reversible. And so I think this fall when we come back, it's going to be a lot of encouraging Um, being a cheerleader for them as individuals saying, you know, I know it's discouraging to hear your voice may sound different to you than it did when you were singing with people. So we're going to be working on breath support. We're going to be returning to the basics. Um, People who have sung in choirs all their lives and are now telling me they're not sure they can 
that just breaks my heart. So I really want to be an encourager and a like vocal technique is going to be front and center for us coming back in the fall. I'll go ahead. I'll, I'll speak to um, sort of some things we're doing um, to rebuild or uh, reinvigorate our children's music. Um, <laughs> when we, during, during the, the, the major part of the, the pandemic, or if you want to call it maybe the, the school season, if you will, the academic year of our fall and spring, the most success I had with um, meeting on Zoom, I have a hard time calling them Zoom rehearsals, but we did have a pretty successful um, children's music time, if you will, um, um, with our kids. They were the ones who were most consistent in attending, um, the elementary age kids, I should say. Um, I won't elaborate too much, but they, they did, uh, we did have some, really had some fun with them. I had a college intern who was in charge of putting the PowerPoints and the screens together and the kids nicknamed him the DJ. So he'd play the music and show the screens and, and I'd kind of lead us through the activities. And that was a lot of fun. Um, we then were able to transition that group of children. And, and again, for a large congregation, I had a pretty small group of kids, quite honestly. I mean, it was not a, it was not an overwhelming number, but I, I feel like we had quality time, um, mm-hmm. and quality community building with the children that did decide this is something I, I will, I would like to participate in or their families felt, um, it was significant enough for them to do. So in the spring, that group started meeting at some of the parks again, like we talked about a pavilion that we found near the church that was very good. That group led into what we called, um, and I'm doing this this summer, um, just some backyard music time where we just somebody volunteers their backyard and and we we go and we we it's mostly just playing and building community but we'll you know I'll get the guitar or a drum and we'll circle up and we'll review some of the bible songs that we've been singing or just some some of the songs that they sang throughout the year so I'm continuing that through the summer to just sort of build on some of the things that were that were working throughout this you know um what could have potentially been a total loss during the mm-hmm. academic year that wasn't. Um, we did a, a, a cool um, Palm Sunday piece where the children sang in a virtual setting and the adults sang in person. Um, and then at the next service, they flip-flopped. The children were in person and the uh, adults were the virtual choirs again. So that was an advantage we had just from a production side. But um, so who knows? Um, I would love to think that every child who felt like a children's choir or children's music program was of benefit to them <laughs> two years ago will be right back in the fall. But the the truth is they probably won't. Um, we will plan to build with excellence um, as best we can with smaller numbers. And then I think when, when people see and when families talk to one another and they, they, they hear of good things, that their children are doing, that is some of the best recruitment that you can have. It's just people telling other people that, hey, my my, my child is doing this and, um, and, and just sharing it sort of organically that way. Yeah. Thank you, James. Kevin? Um, 
yes, I, I, um, I, we've sort of taken, at least for me, I've sort of taken the, um, uh, the, or trying to take advantage of, of this time for a lot of people. Um, we've all heard it, you know, from our singers, you know, they've missed singing so much and they're never going to take it for granted. And, and I'm never going to miss a rehearsal and, you know, all of the, all of those things that you hear people, uh, say over the, over the last year and a half. And so I've really, really just, you've been trying to capitalize on that more, more so for me, um, I've done a lot of past, a lot more pastoral care, uh, kinds of things over the, over the last year than, than I have in much of the time that I've been here at the church. So making those connections, uh, just sort of, um, uh, um, again, reconnecting with some people and making sure that, uh, nobody, you know, sort of, um, nobody gets neglected in, in, uh, in this process and, and trying to, trying to make that happen. Now, I know that, that, that we'll have some building and some rebuilding to do and, uh, planning to do that. Um, again, leaning toward this idea of, of people missing singing. Uh, one of the things that strangely happened for us during the pandemic, uh, we continued with new member classes for our church. We did those virtually and, and, uh, uh we took in the new member classes, uh, via zoom and, and had some, you know, had some great experiences and some great times with that. And out of those new classes and as well as new people, uh, just, just again, connecting with us, uh, because of our, you know, our, our virtual platform uh we at our at our rally nights we actually had 10 new members who came to join us as a as a part of that and uh, and a few more who have expressed an interest in in being being involved so um out of the you know out of the the downside of of the pandemic uh having you know more of a virtual presence has made us available to more people mm-hmm. so more people have found out about our church and have found out about our music ministry uh because of things like Facebook Live and Zoom events and things like that. So, so it's given us a it's, it's given us a great opportunity for outreach. And so, I'm really just trying to capitalize on those things and and making that opportunity um, uh, available for people. Uh, as far as music and repertoire, I'm I'm really uh, trying to capture their hearts again as much as I as much as I I want them to you know to be connected. I want them to uh, to know that this is still the place that they left. And, um, and so I'm, I, I often say this, I'm, I'm choosing music this fall for them to sing that I know they can't miss being here. You know, it's one mm-hmm. of those. So it's, so it's a, it's a lot of greatest hits and a lot of favorites mm-hmm. and, and, and those kinds of things. Um, I think we're probably one of the, the many churches in captivity that'll be singing the awakening this fall, uh, and talking to Joe Martin <laughs> over the, over the pandemic. Uh, he's heard from a lot of people who, who, um, uh, who have, have taken that, that piece of music again and sort of reclaimed it just because it's so uh, it's so connected to what we've been through. So really just trying to program so that um, uh, so that they feel like they can't miss uh, once they're returning. We're doing all kinds of goofy things like, you know, redoing our music room and, and getting new chairs and, you know, new sound system and those kinds of things, things that we're able to do uh, during this break that we've needed to do. And so uh, sort of wanting them to come back uh, feeling uh, feeling refreshed and and revived. And so looking forward, we'll, we'll begin um, uh, in, in early September uh, to start our rehearsals again. Great. Wow. That's wonderful. Those are good ideas and, and good words about that. And that, and that brings in uh, the, the, this other question about um, what did you learn from time on Zoom for rehearsals or, or gatherings? And, and are you keeping some of that um, some of the things that you learned from those Zoom gatherings 
Um, are you going to continue some Zoom uh, uh, check-in times with people? Because I, I feel like that's where we are in the church right now is that we learn so much about online worship. And we've talked about that and that there are things there that we we opened up a, a whole new avenue for ways people can worship. Um, and we don't want to shut that down just because we're in person again, because there were some neat things that were happening. So, um, you know, chime in on that as to are you going to keep anything from your Zoom? Are you are you people like, no, I never want to be on Zoom again <laughs> um, oh, and, you know, kind of incorporate that into the other questions. So just chime in on what you what you are planning. Well, do, for us, during the during the time, during the pandemic, we actually utilized a great bit of Facebook Live and Zoom um, right away. You know, for instance, after that, uh, after that dreaded Friday, the 13th, the, the very next Thursday night, which would have been our our next rehearsal. Um, I started with just basically a choir time on Facebook Live and uh, continued that um, actually did that weekly for a while and then moved to monthly and uh, stayed connected with uh, with at least uh, many of our choir members uh, on a regular basis. And then we added Zoom content with interviews. Um, we didn't do very many Zoom rehearsals. Those didn't, uh, uh, th- those came later and we, we did a few of those. And then by that time it was, uh, it was safe to safe to get back in the water as it, as it was. But um, so we didn't do a lot of Zoom rehearsals, but we had a great time with, um, with the check-ins, with the opportunity uh, to, uh, to build some community. And mm-hmm. that even got to the place that once a month we would have a challenge. So uh, one week, you know, for Zoom, uh, for one month for Zoom, uh, people would have to come on with the cherished item at home and explain why it's, you know, something special for them. And then the next week, uh, uh, tell the group, you know, something that they they figured nobody in choir knew about them. And so we had a chance really to connect on a personal level. And I think that Zoom is, is going to be um, a great opportunity going forward to do those kinds of things. Uh, but I, I really am. And in fact, I'm, I'm declaring on this this into the world that Zoom is only going to be a backup for us. I'm, I, I won't be, you know, doing any Zoom rehearsals or any content unless we just have to. And so that's bad weather or special sessions or if we decide to continue with the, with the community time. But one of the things that I think will be great for us is, for instance, when we start to work on something new or starting to work on a on a major work, which, you know, we do a couple of times a year here, uh, kind of that that's just been our that's just been our history. Um, we will use zoom to introduce that work so it might be you know if it's if it's something by a living composer we might do a zoom session with that composer to introduce the work and maybe play some excerpts and just talk about it uh, specifically in in getting ready to you know to begin that that next season as we're doing that so so we're gonna we're gonna try to do some creative things but only using zoom and facebook live as a as a backup and trying to really work to get people back in the space as quickly as we can Great, great. Good ideas and thoughts on that, Kevin. Anybody else want to chime in? Uh, This is Kim. I never, uh, I think the fear of Zoom being, um, I don't even know how to say this. I don't know how to articulate it. But the end of the story is I never wanted to do Zoom thing anyway. Because (laughs) the sound quality, the, the lag, the different things that came up, one of the things that our Bell Choir has wanted to do from this pandemic was I just threw out there, threw it out there for them. And they're like, "Ooh, let's do this. And I was like, OK, it's your beast. So they wanted to do we only have four people in our Bell Choir 
and most bell music are more than four people. And uh, I asked him, do you guys do want to do, you know, half of them videotape and half another videotape and I'll just splice them together. And they said, why don't we do a hybrid? So we'll record four, you know, ensemble together and then another four live. I was like, that's just more work for me. But okay, well, let's see if we could get this thing together. We'll see. If it ever happens, I'll let you guys know. Well, I was going to say that's the motto, isn't it, for the church musicians when the pandemic hit? That's just more work for me. (laughs) And boy, did people step in big ways to to fill that void of of how do we do this? And um, yeah. So enough said about that. Thank you. I I do want to say something that Kim did, which during the pandemic was you had those um, hymn sings and uh, those were amazing. I tuned in many times and it made me feel connected and it made and hearing you lead some of those songs and it just made me feel really good. And uh, Rebecca, I know you did that as well. So I loved that. And that was such a gift to the church. Thank you. Yeah, I did. I wanted to say two things about the Zoom aspect of it. I, we were talking right before the we were started recording. I don't think that this is going to be a one-way street. I think we are going to have to ride these waves for several more years. And as new variants pop up, as we have to get booster shots, all these kind of things, there's going to be some ebb and flow. So I definitely see the need in the future um, to transition back to predominantly online for short periods of time if we need to do that. Um, But also, like you had said, Diana and Kim, you and I did each of these I think for me, Zoom and other technology um, is going to be really great to help our congregation sing in a more broad sense. So doing hymn sings where we may have some people in person, but we also stream it so that folks can tune in and sing in their homes. Um, You know, I, I talked with a lot of people early on saying this is sort of in a weird way returning to our roots, right, of home hymn sings. You have a hymnal in your home. I delivered hymnals to all of our choir members at the beginning of all this um, because some of them didn't have a hymnal in their home. And that baffles my mind because I have three shelves of them. But getting getting hymnals in people's hands and also providing, you know, PDFs and um, ways for them to sing in community through technology is going to be, I think, more important to me, the technology side for that than the rehearsals for individual ensembles. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Rebecca. I, I would add to that. First of all, Rebecca, those are really good observations. And that made me think of some things that I really hadn't thought about with every point you made. So that was really excellent. Um, and this is James, by the way. I, I do think that out of respect for our volunteers and efficiency of their time, rather than needing to meet in person for non-musical things, Say, for example, you have a a group that needs to meet about servicing the robes or any other kind of task-oriented group of volunteers. A quick conversation over a Zoom chat, exactly like we're doing right now, is Mm -hmm. just going to change things forever for for us. Um, I don't know. This might be answered down the road, but anyone has thought about um, when, when members of our choir need to be absent um, for whatever reason, whether it be health concerns or just traveling for business, um, is there a live Zoom feed into the rehearsal where they can feel like they just at least didn't miss out on things 
um, even if it's not the same. We all know it's not the same. Um, I don't want to be the in the in person in charge of that Zoom feed, but if I had someone that I could delegate that to that would set the laptop up or whatever that means in yeah. your own space, um, in classroom, if, if you will, yeah. Um, one of I, I'm um, I was actually going to make my point very very short, but I do know a teacher friend, a, a colleague who is in a classroom uh, setting as a vocal music teacher who has one of the cameras that um, I think you all know what I'm describing when I say it, but it follows the sound and movement mm. of those in the room. And so it, when you're viewing it, you're viewing really what's going on in the classroom. It's not just a laptop pointed at one corner of the room, but that might be something. I don't think they're of great expense. Um, and they, that could be something where people could feel connected even when they must be away. Um, I'd be curious to see how people in the future might want to do that. Um, I, I, I know I can't be trusted to make sure the Zoom feed is going, um, but, I, but I know someone would love to serve in that kind of way to make sure that is happening. Absolutely. Sharing, sharing the responsibility is always a good thing. Well, I know we're, we're starting to run out of time here, and I just want one, one final question to you guys, and that's, what are you doing for yourself to stay optimistic and healthy at this time? Uh, the pandemic, as um, I think it was Rebecca mentioned, uh, there was a lot of grief that we all went through. We lost a lot of, of momentum. We lost a lot of things, um, loved ones for many of us. Um, so now that we're uh, in a new place, um, what are you going to do? What are you doing to stay healthy and to stay optimistic? And is there a, a final nugget of wisdom that you would want to share with those who are listening today? I'll say something. Uh, this is Amy. And uh, I have learned a lot from listening to everyone that's been on the call today and just appreciate all the ideas. I, um, I did not have a regular routine of communicating or checking in with uh, my choir members. But I think that is, if I had to do it over again, that's um, maybe what I would try to do. With a smaller church and a smaller choir, they really were in touch with each other, I think, more than I needed to be in touch with them. But I did just miss that connection and that community. And I might have, you know, I'm, it might be that I missed out on something important by not having that regular uh, communication. So I think that's one thing because, as a couple people said, you know, the rebuilding um, and the, our effectiveness is really based on our relationships mm -hmm. together. And as we rebuild, it, it will be you know, one person at a time and seeing what are the needs that each individual has as best we can, you know, 12 people versus a hundred people, well, that's a different job. But, um, but I really do think that the, the relationship building is, is going to be very important going forward. And I think that's something that we've learned because that's what we grieved is not having the face-to-face -face relationship, the opportunities to be in face-to-face -face relationship with people. Yeah. So I, I think that's going to be um, important for me going forward. And if I could do it over, that that is something I might think a little bit more intentionally about. 
And luckily, those are the things that keep me staying optimistic at this point are the renewed opportunities to be together and to um, make music together and just to see each other's face. Mm. Thanks, Amy. Yeah. And something that I think of, uh, you know, I think we all go, oh, I missed that. I didn't do this. We all did the best we could during this time. We all did the very best that we could. And, and, you know, we love our communities and we're doing the best for them, but also for ourselves. And, and again, we have to remember that, that, um, yeah, we have to, we have to just keep plugging along doing the best we can. And I think uh, being gentle on ourselves. Amen. For me, my optimist, I'm not naturally optimistic. So I have to call on my friends and uh, seek their seek their wisdom on, hey, I'm being really pessimistic on this. Can you give me another perspective? Mm-hmm. Or um, I have someone be pessimistic on purpose so I could be a little bit more optimistic as my nature goes. Um, I think I was more healthy during pandemic because I had to cook everything at home. Now that I could go out and eat whatever fast food I want, I'm a little less healthy. Um, but I think what I learned from this pandemic was balancing and how unbalanced my life was and trying to seek that, uh, spiritually as well as physically, it's going to be a continuous battle, but I realized I just need to be consistent during or after and in the near future pandemic. Thanks, Kim. Kevin. Uh, yes, I, I mean, uh, I, I think it's it, it becomes all of the above as as uh, as we're hearing this. Um, I think in the next several years, you know, people are going to look back over this time and and uh, we'll we'll see all sorts of books and studies coming out, uh, you know, just to, just about our mental health and how we're how we're managing all of this. But uh, lately I've been hearing things like compassion fatigue and uh, post-COVID depression. And I really do think that all of those things are real. And so especially the the idea of, of feeling that we should should do more for people or should have been able to do more and not and not uh, not managing that, but also giving ourselves a break. So um, our um, our clergy, especially here at Manchester, have been uh, uh, very, um, very upfront about um, uh, stressing self-care and uh, intentional time apart and uh, have also have also just been really lenient about, you know, even some additional vacations time and additional time off just so that you can get away and um and have the have the ability to do that um one of the things that we discovered you know during the pandemic is that um when we're on zoom or when we're on facebook live you know we no longer had usual office hours or usual rehearsal times you know there there were times that i was available to people you know well into the night or early into the morning so so really you know being able to sort of reclaim some of that intentional time apart uh, is one of the things that i'm trying to work on right now um and then for me, uh, just just on a personal uh, level, I'm trying to get back to, you know, some of those release valves for me. I, I love movies and I, I love to travel, mm-hmm. starting to do that a little bit. Um, uh, my life is never better than when I'm near the beach. And so I so I'm trying to, you know, trying to get back to some of those things that just offer me an opportunity.
opportunity to just recharge and and um, uh, renew myself. And so just trying to get back to some of those things that uh, that uh, help us um, uh, uh, to uh, to again point point towards self care uh, and to do that and to give ourselves a break. I think we yeah. I think we've all been through uh, uh, been through a great deal, but um, uh, certainly we can all celebrate uh, with us on this call that we're all still here. And uh, that's uh, that's uh, at least uh, at least uh, um, an initial reason to rejoice. But uh, moving forward, uh, just being able to, to care for ourselves and for the people around us. Amen. Thank you, Kevin. Yeah, um, I think that uh, you model that you believe you're worthy of self-care when you do that. And uh, and that is so important for people to see in the in the congregation. So. Anyone else? Are we did it with James? I would just add that um, I found some accountability partners in my community that have nothing to do with my work life or had even been friends with them before that um, started exercising back in the fall, completely separate from anyone I knew. Um, and, and they've turned out to be great friends. And, and we've enjoyed that time where they have um, no idea what I do professionally and, you know, we, we've learned a little bit about, about each other, but mostly just, just there to, to exercise and enjoy time together. Um, and it's outdoors and it's really early in the morning. So it's not when my, uh, family would normally need me, perhaps. <laughs> so that's been a great thing, just personally. Um, I don't normally, um, model very good boundaries for my work life. Um, a, a little bit of what Kevin was saying. I just have, I am sometimes too available um, because I feel like it's just part of my personality. Um, and so just coming out of this time uh, and restarting is allowing me to just rethink how I'm going to restart lots of things, not just choirs, but lots of things. And finally, I, I, I just read a, a great book. Um, I'm one who tries to have often way too many irons in the fire. Um, and I often feel a little unfulfilled at the end of things when um, they could have been done more excellently had I not been trying to do so many things. So just doing fewer things better um, has been a, a focus of mine recently. Diana, the thing that comes to mind for me is um, people have said over and over, I didn't go to school for this. I didn't, I wasn't trained for this. And you're right, we weren't. And... God is still using us. And whether you have two people or 200, you're where you need to be. And so I would just say, like all of you all have said, um, seeing if we can stop the comparison game and just mm. take a deep breath and realize that God is using our music to heal the world in big and small ways. Yeah. What a great way to end our, our podcast. Thank you, Rebecca. Exactly. I, Totally agree with that. God equips the called. Not, we don't necessarily expect God to, what's, what's the other one? Does God call you equipped or God equips the called? Yeah. So, yeah, we're here. We're here to work and we're here to love God's people. Well, I want to thank you all. Uh, wonderful roundtable folks. Thank you so much. I'm hoping to follow this podcast up with an article that'll be on the website and thank you for sharing all of your insights, your wisdom, your experiences, your, your griefs, um, all of those things. That, that's who we are. And we, we are so much richer when we can share them. 
And thank you, those of you listening, for joining us today. We hope that this has been helpful to you. Remember that you can find more information at our website, umcdiscipleship.org. And we want you to tell us what you think. So send us an email. You can find our emails listed there. So until next time, we will be praying for and with you and your congregation. May God continue to bless your worship ministry as you make disciples for the transformation of the world. This podcast has been a production of Discipleship Ministries, an agency of the United Methodist Church. Visit all our podcasts at podcasts.umcdiscipleship.org.